Guys, welcome to the show. Kellen, Carson Johnson. Um, obviously, I know this one's going to be a little bit different for us. We got three guys, um, so the dynamics kind of change up a little bit, but I think it's going to be pretty fun because, you know, you guys being brothers, had a great year last year rodeo, and it's going to be kind of fun to, to kind of dive into your guys' you know, perspective on it. And thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So the first question I got is, you know, as you kind of get out there and really start competing, um, obviously you guys is that world champion, right? And so you've kind of got to live that and see what that was like to to have him rodeo for a living and, and do all that. So, you know, as you get competing, what was one of the things that um, really jumps out to you that like you kind of got to learn, but you didn't really know how valuable it would be till it like you got to start applying it. Like it was just something more or less that was just there that you got to see him do. Uh, you know, Kellen, if you want to start with that one. Man, what I got to see is just like the determination that you don't really see. Like if you're just a kid that you don't have a dad doing it, you know what I mean? And then uh, just to be there for his wins, you know what I mean? At the time when he needed to, when he really needed to win, when he won, uh, when he when he made the finals the first time, it was a huge deal. I remember that being huge. And uh, that was super exciting to see, to see success in a family and, and know that you can do it and stuff like that. That was, I think that was probably, I didn't really notice it at the time because I thought it'd be a little, a little easier. You know, you think when you're 18, you can make the finals and then uh, you, he, you see your dad do it and you go, no, I can make the finals. I should make the finals now. I should make the finals. And then uh, once you go out there and do it, I think you just kind of look back and go, man, he was a warrior for sure to, to rodeo that long and not make it till he's 35 for the first time. Takes a lot of determination for sure. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. You know, um, so when you do get a look at those, like it's not like this big shock as far as how hard it is, and you get to see a guy that that's a warrior. I like that. So Carson, uh, what about you? What was you know you you're obviously a healer, so having a dad that's made the finals, won the world, right? What was what was one of those that like man that you kind of that's really helped you out to that you just got to watch him do and how he went about it. Right, I got to like I would go with him a lot in the summers to watch him rodeo and heal, and he was the guy that taught me how to heal about everything. And he was he liked to throw fast, and what you what you realize is he was throwing fast, but he also caught a lot of steers. So the biggest thing was. Like when I started rodeoing was he would to notice was he would heal him fast and then he would wake up the very next day and heal the steer just as fast. And then once I got out there, I realized day in and day out, you got to go out there and heal him, heal him fast and catch a lot of steers. And it's definitely a, it's definitely a marathon. You're not going to catch them all, but you got to catch you got to catch most of the bad ones and all of the good ones and you don't realize that when i was a young kid watching him i just thought shoot he caught all the time and if he missed shoot he probably wasn't going anyway then you realize once you get out there he uh when when you do mess up for some money it uh it burns it burns and to to watch him battle it out and keep fighting and go through the highs and lows it's you learn how to uh, to appreciate the wins and not let the losses get too low and stuff. Absolutely. You know, the other thing that's kind of interesting is 
you've got to develop your own style, right? right? And so you get a take from a guy that, you know, he was throwing fast before guys were really throwing right. fast. Like he's kind of one of the first group of healers that really healed fast, I thought, at least from what I got to right. watch him rope. Um, but then there's things change, you know, right. and, and we were kind of talking about this a little bit, like steers are different, they're built different, everything changes. So how do you try to manage that as far as like becoming your own kind right. of healer and then kind of step it out from like things that he might do or like, and then things that you think you need to apply to that work now in today's roping. Right. He was the foundation of, of my healing. And then when um I've changed my healing, I don't heal exactly like my dad, but the foundation is kind of, we kind of how we go about it. He would, he was a spot thrower. When he got to a spot, he would try to set down a trout. Just he didn't, the steer was irrelevant to him. When he got to a spot, he would throw his rope. And which was usually as the steer was switching legal is when he would start his delivery. And I've changed it. I've, I, I want to throw fast. I want to, I want to heal fast, but also want to catch everything he turns. I want to, I want to catch every steer. And my dad, he, he lived by, he's going to throw fast and he's going to catch quite, quite a many, but he might miss some too. And, it just it just happens that way and he he lived and died by it right so kellen going to this like you guys had a pretty good year last year right obviously you guys went on a run and dang near made it to the finals right so as, as you guys kind of wind the year down and, and the this new year has started what's kind of the dynamics as far as do you guys talk about this or does you you know what goes into it like hey we want to we're really close we want to take that next step. What what goes into this, or what do you guys start going to as the, the the new year started to throughout this winter? Yeah, like at the at the end of the year last year, I felt like there were a lot of steers that I let go that cost us making the national finals, and uh, you know I took that to heart and finding a different understanding on why that happened or what I could have done different to change the outcome of the year. Because you rodeo all year long from January to September with everybody having the same goal in mind. And then there's 30 guys that have a chance when September hits and then it doesn't work out. And 15 guys are going to the finals to make their money back that they spent all year long. And then the other guys are just going home, you know, hoping hoping for a new start next year. And I felt like what we changed at the end of the year is we got away from our run. And what and why I say that it is my fault because it, I'm the header. I set up the runs, and so if if I'm getting reckless or out of hand or um, making his job harder to heal, um, I'm I'm dictating on what our run's going to be. So we came back after not making it, and uh, I think the best thing that hap- that that we're lucky enough to have is my dad. You know, like he didn't give us the whole man. You almost made the finals. Like how cool. I mean. He has zero remorse for guys, you know what I mean? Like, so he he don't he don't look at it and go, ma'am, you almost made it. Like, hang your hat. I mean, be cool about it. Like, dude, you guys are some of the best in the world. Nothing like that. Like, he never gave us a compliment. He told us a good job and way to stick it out and way not to give in. But what he told us was, now you know. Now you, you've been to every rodeo. You know what it's like to go to these rodeos. You don't have to look up the fairgrounds. You know where the fairgrounds are. You know how this rodeo ropes. And... And for him to tell us that, I think it gave me a new outlook on every steer counts. Um, 
you know, like we, a lot of people say, well, what about if you catch that, or if I get out of the barrier at Mona to win 3,000 and it gets him, I think, I mean, I think we had to win maybe 600 more bucks and he's in, you know, and what what about that steer? Well, what about the steer that I missed in January to win, to win Denver or, you know, to do good at San Antonio or any of them steers, every steer matters. It's not just the ones at the late of the year. So when we came home starting the new year, I felt like our run changed a bunch to every steer counts. We will react to every steer. There's no game plan involved. It's just, this is what we'd like to do. This is the run that we picture, but if it doesn't work, you catch the steer. The header catches the steer turns, turns a lot of steers to give your hero the best chance you can to, to win money. So it'll be exciting to see how this, the year turns out this year. When did you start like learning about accountability? Cause that's the first thing you say to me is like, is my fault. I messed up. I got us out of the run. And how do you maintain like the accountability of like, this is what went wrong that I can control. And then between balancing that and like just being too hard on yourself or, or not addressing things that maybe do need to get addressed. Yeah. Like I'm being realistic. Um, I was taught at a young age and, you know, be realistic. Um, I'm not built to be a basketball player, you know, so not, I'm big enough to be a football player, but, you know, not athletic enough to be a football player, you know, things like that. Like just being realistic with yourself and having an understanding. So like I can look at things and go, I got, uh, I didn't make the national finals. Yes. I'm, I'm totally aware that it's not just my fault. You know, I, I understand that. I can look at Carson and say, it's not just my fault, but I can put into the accountability of myself to know what I did wrong. And if you can fix what you're doing wrong, then it's up to him to do his job as well to figure out what he was doing wrong. And then there's no blame game. You know, like I can I can blame Carson way more than Caleb Driggers can bash on Junior because we're brothers. You know what I mean? So a brother relationship's way different than a partner. Right. Because I wake I mean, we live in the same house, we travel the same rodeos together. You know what I mean? We're I mean we're with each other, so I mean there's tension there. So accountability is what keeps our partnership working. To where I can go, hey, I missed the start. That's not your fault. Or I hit that steer too hard. That's why you slipped a leg. Or, hey, I faced too early. That's why you lost the steer. Or, hey, dude, I've missed three in a row. I need to get my my stuff figured out so we can get back to our run. I mean, accountability is what you have inside. And uh, being being respectful to your partner and brother. And uh, just just being able to hold yourself and respect yourself to be honest with yourself at all times is I feel like what can keep you from being the next level roper if you're always blaming on somebody. And I'm bad about that. Like I know for a fact that I've blamed a lot of things on a partner or on a run and and think the steer's going too far right or the steer's coming too far left. And so for me to understand that, I feel like I have a better understanding on what I can do different and uh, to not put all the weight on my healer to say, hey, you're not doing this right or you're not doing that right to just do my job and catch the steer for what he's worth and, and understand why I'm missing or catching or anything like that. Right. Carson, what about you as far as like, how do you manage that between being accountable and then balancing, you know, being in a, such a close relationship where right. I think it's probably easy to cross lines, you <clears throat> no, know? No, it is. I mean, you got to hold yourself accountable and his job is to turn the steer. Every steer he turns, I got to heal. And I take that on personally. If he turns a steer and I miss him, I'm not a huge guy on 
handles, yes, I have a preference, but no matter what the steer does, it's my job to heal him. So, like, I'm hard on myself and I hold myself accountable to that. But, I mean, there's times that that your partner might do something wrong, face a little earlier, give the steer's head back or something like that, and you do lose a leg. But to keep the partnership and everything, you say, hey, um, my bad, that that's on me, and I messed up. And both of you will know you don't got to say, man, I wish you didn't do this. Both of you know what, what happened. But as long as you don't say to keep the partnership good and keep everything like mellow, you don't, you don't ever blame it on somebody somebody else. Yes, deep down inside, I might know, man, he turned the steer's head loose, but it's to hold yourself accountable and to tell him, man, it's my bad. It's, it just keeps everything everything good. And then, But I do hold myself accountable to the healing. Once, he, once the steer turns and hits legal, then it's my job to heal him and as fast as I can. And then, so... I guess I do hold myself accountable, but I know when you you'll be smart enough to know maybe that wasn't one hundred percent my fault, but I, there was a chance there was a way I could have kept that steer caught that steer so that's that's the way I think about it right that's probably one of the coolest things about roping is there's pretty much a loop for every steer you right. know you you know you can probably get in a position to catch just about every steer right. you know uh what about that though like as things kind of wind down for the year and there might be, there might be things that like you guys see that maybe you want to like mistakes that were made. Right. And then you want to correct them for the next year. Is that something that you try to do um, and have that conversation or is it just something like, Hey, I'm just going to continue to focus on my job. Or what do you, what do you try to do with that? Like, right. When you go year to year, like last year was the best, the best year we've had yet. And, but, it's not it's not the main goal. Our main goal is to make the finals. So we're not gonna sit back and just, man, I hope we make top twenty again. We we came into this year where we've changed some stuff to to bump up and make the finals this year. We've we've worked on our, our roping personally, different things and change our run a little bit to catch more steers, clock faster, stuff like that. Our horses, what horses we're gonna ride at different setups now. So to keep it like that and to rodeo all year and finally figure figure that out, what you need to do, it it helps, I believe. Right. And th- and that's kind of the deal, right? Once you guys like you get to this highest level and you're like you're putting yourself in a spot where you guys are around Caleb and Junior a lot. Is that the team that you guys kind of stay you can stay at C- Caleb's place, correct? Right. All winter that's where we've been is over there. It's it's wild. <laughs> What makes it so different about Caleb and what how he goes about it, you think? His mindset, his what he believes and how he practices. I mean, he he ropes realistic. He what he wants is his horses working and but he also ropes for himself. He what he's gonna do at Houston tonight is gonna be the same thing he practiced in the practice band. What when he was going to the American, he set up the arena the star, everything just like the American to give himself the best chance to win. So his practices are realistic. His mindset and how he goes about stuff is what is what I believe puts him ahead of the game. And it's wore wore off on both of us and it's helped us a lot. Right. So 
Kellen, you know, I remember this. Caleb, he, I know he has ruined my heading a couple of times <laughs> because I'll get watching this guy and I'll be like, man, I suck. Like, I got to do this. Like, he, I remember the one summer that they, um, the ERA was the deal and he didn't really get a start till maybe Reno. And he turned so many steers so fast. And it was crazy. And I kept thinking, man, I've got to throw faster. I've got to, and I start pressing more and more. And I, I got to where I, I wrote pretty poor after a few weeks of that. And, you know, when you see a header that has game like that and you know that you want to take little pieces and add them to your, like how what they do and add them to your roping, but how do you try to balance that between, you know, he's got a, he's got a different swing and a little different style than everyone else. And we all have our own, our own deals. So how have you tried to be around a guy like that and, and add to your roping, but not like let it break yourself down as well? Man, the way I look at um, Caleb is, I mean, he's just, uh, you just don't, the way he ropes and the way he is, I mean, they just don't, they're not like that. I mean, they're, you, we haven't seen a header like that. I mean, a guy that could win the BFI and then go to the national finals and he could be, well, he's 3-3. I mean, he, he tied the arena record. I mean, he's he's unreal. And, and, and no one will ever take that away from him, no matter one gold buckle or ten. I mean, he's the best header we've we've seen in a long time. I mean, he's very very good. And his what I like about Caleb is he's very realistic. You know, like Carson said, he what I take from him is his horsemanship and how he rides, and uh, definitely how he handles steers. Yeah, uh, he can he can throw. He's he's one of the best reachers in the world and can set a steer up to be healed on the first jump every time. And he rides his horses aggressive. He's very good about them scoring good. He don't break the very barrier very much. I mean, he does, but he but not very much. And you take things like that away. I and me and him have talked. We've talked a lot, and I've told him, you know, I don't head like you. I wouldn't I wouldn't wouldn't train to head like you. My job is to ride horses, fast horses, and be sharp with my rope and be real snappy with things so while you're reaching my run can go farther but we're still fast you know like his run at Bremerton Washington he I mean they drew the worst steer and was 4-4 I'm telling you it was was unreal I mean probably a little little luck went into it you know we laugh about it but I mean he it was insane it was a heck of a run and then we took a took a good steer and made our run and was 4-4 you know so we split second and third so it's the point of not getting lost on what you're doing, keeping the mental mindset of you can only do what you what you what you know you are capable of doing. That's what I said about being a realist. You know, Shaq didn't shoot threes because he was just bigger than everybody and no one could block his shot. He went down there in the post and dominated because that's what he's good at. That's what he that's what he can make a career out of. You know, uh Turtle Powell, you know, that's what I always go to. He ain't no reacher. But I mean, he could ride his horses. You know, he could. He had. He had the best horse. You know, top three head horses ever. And Driggers, Driggers don't need the top head horses. He's so good with his rope. So when I go, when I go to, to him about questions, the roping's kind of out of the question. It's not. Well, you 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 could throw right there. It's you need to, you need to score better. You need to ride your horse better. You know, you need to you need to set your steers up more controllable for your healer to be faster things like that to keep it more simple right knowing like what what questions to ask that you really want to apply to your rope and where it's instead of you end up 
doing things like where you want to tweak on your swing yeah. that is really hard to do. Like once you get to a certain level of heading or, or healing, tweaking on your swing is hard, right? And there's yes, certain sir. things that are really, really tough to do where you can take the little deals, like kind of those little details and try to add them, yes, add them into it. Absolutely. You know, Carson, what about you? You know, um, is he does he make that run a lot with like junior? Do they rope a lot together? Like, do you guys rope a lot together? You know, how do you, how do you have you kind of been able to take it with the winners at like a winner? Do Caleb like this? and I rope together? No, well, like, um, does Caleb and Junior rope together? Oh, like yeah. They they practice a lot together, and then you guys practice together. What right? What's kind of the dynamics been uh, over there? You know that you kind of pick up on as as he goes about it. Right, Junior, he'll he'll come over there and they'll practice and. I mean, you watch them, and as of on stats and everybody, they're they're the best team in the world as of last year. And to watch them practice and stuff, they they make the same run over and over again, and it's just consistent. So when we when we're practicing, it's kind of yeah, it's competitive. Everybody when we're both practicing, everybody was trying to make good runs and stuff. And so what when you watch them and then you get in there and rope you're trying to make not the our run is different than them but still make good runs over and over every day make the same run they don't ever change so make the same run over and over again just to get consistency muscle memory understand what he's going to do with the steer in different situations put yourself in different situations high call it reno got to be four eight to win somewhere go to cody what what will you do there um two headers three headers and then you end up putting yourself in that situation to make the same run just different scenarios or different setups and just to watch them be able to do that and then that's what we'll work on and to see like the results and stuff to see how it's going. That's that's cool to compare it with them. Right. You get to stack your run up against the best guy right. and the you know, arguably the best team in the world. Right. And and then then that way you get to know like, hey, we how to how to find your run and still right. keep the times the same and know that things are going to be look different and and kind of be different. But how how do you try to to build a winning run on that? And and I think that's I think that's the one thing about roping that's so hard to find is what you guys do like what your run is and how it can win and then really getting to where that that's like that's what you do that's who you are right and you know it can be tried and true and you can get in all the different situations and still stay within what what you need to do and in it it'll hold up you know the the one question that i i've you know we've got to talk about it before the podcast but what's a you know these Get into a lot of rodeos, right? And right. Uh, obviously, you guys had a, a couple of good rodeo stories in there. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about this trip from, was it Red Lodge to? It was Cody to Mandan. Cody to Mandan. I, yep. I was confused. With so, all right. Obviously, the 4th of July, I'll kind of set this up. There's, the, they call them, I think, the gateway rodeos. is like Cody, Red Lodge, Livingston. And they're all really close to each mm-hmm. other. And then you can go up to the Dakotas and um, like Mandan, Mobridge, Kildeer, Belfouche have become really good rodeos right. over the last probably five, six years. And a lot of guys have started working those in. Um, and some guys, instead of like going to St. Paul, they'll just go to the Dakotas or, or they'll do all of them. But what it usually means is there's a ton of teams entering and uh, it's really hard to get your preferences at all six or seven of these rodeos. Right. So you guys are going to be up at 
a slack um, that morning at Cody right. at 10 a.m., which Cody's probably one of the best one headers of the whole year. So you got to go to that one, right. and then uh, and then you're going over to to Mandan that night, losing an hour. Slack starts at seven. What you know, whatever six mm-hmm. o'clock, seven o'clock. So what's what's the drive over there like? So we were, yeah, we went <laughs> at Cody. We uh, it started at like eleven, I believe, and then we were in an afternoon slack or even an evening slack at a Mandan. So we're sitting there and we're like, man, there's no way you guys will make it. We're like, yeah, we got a rental car. We got horses already over there. We have someone here to take care of these horses. So as soon as we rope, we uh, gave our horses to a. Uh, that lady and then took off uh took off in the rental car and he's driving i'm in the passenger seat i still have the same rope everybody's still dressed i mean as soon as we got out of the arena we got in the car and took off and it says we're the first team out and it says we're going to get there like i'd say it what was it? it was like 45 minutes to an hour behind but they're like we can make it we can do it so we take off across there. And so you got six hours, basically a six-hour drive to make up 45 minutes time too, right? Right, Like yeah. how it's looking on the GPS. Like yes, you, exactly. And and then probably got to stop at least one time to fill up or you got enough? I, I think we filled up. We, we, had a, we had our radar detector set up. I mean, we had everything perfect. We're like, as soon as we get in, we're out of here. Yeah. So I don't think we didn't stop to fill up, did we? We stopped right right before we got to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you got ma- you know you know that you got forty five minutes to make up, and you might have to throw you're going to have to throw a little gas in to to get all the way there. So right. That that does like factor in in the driving. So you've got a, probably an hour to make up yeah. in six hours time. So we're I mean we're driving pretty fast. He's driving pretty fast across there, and we're going and. We, uh, our radar detector hasn't went off or nothing. So we're driving and we go into this construction zone and there's a car in front of us. So we slow down. We're going the speed limit now. And when we come out of the construction zone, there's like six cops set up over here in the median on the interstate. And Kellen goes around. I'm like, hey, there's some cops up there. And so we go around this car and pretty soon when we pass them, these, a bunch of, the cop cars, they wheel out. One goes in front of us. Well, the one out of the median pulls right in front of us. This one comes up beside us, and they push us off the road. And then we're like, what the hell is happening? And Kellen finally stops, and <laughs> they stop. I throw my door open once we're stopped, and they pull their guns, and there's pointed guns at us. And this, keep in mind, this is right during the police brutality, I mean, 2002 right so there's covid's kind of hit yeah got riots and, riots and everywhere defund the police yes, and all kinds all of this stuff. Yeah. so i throw my rope it's on my lap i throw it across i'm hanging out the window at this cop he's right here like i could probably touch him yelling don't shoot don't shoot <laughs> don't shoot it we're stopped and they're like get out of the car get out of the car well they said uh they said keep your hands up, keep your hands up. And then they're like, get out of the car. So I have my hands up, turn around, and they come and grab me, handcuff me, and push me up against the cop car. And I'm like, what is happening? What do we do? And then he's like, we'll talk about that later. You got any weapons? I'm like, no, no. And then they come and same thing. They have Kellen in the car, and they're like, throw the keys out the window. 
You're, you're driving. Right? He's driving. Yeah. I'm yeah. Just driving there. Okay. Okay. So he, uh, they're yelling at him to get the keys out of the car, turn off the car, throw them out, throw them out of the car. And so he throws them out and they're like, all right, roll down your window. And they're like, pretty soon now they're screaming, roll down your window. And he screams back. He's like, I can't. The car's not on no more. Yeah. So, I mean, we're terrified now. So he finally gets the keys out of the car. And no, he gets. So they're like, okay, open the door. So he steps out, and they make him walk backwards with his hands up. And then when they said, uh, get on your knees, get down, he just laid flat. <laughs> he laid flat. So he's, he's flat on. They're like, no, get on your knees, cross your legs and stuff. So they handcuff him, and we're, they're like, oh, yeah, you're, you're going to jail. And they didn't even know we were a buddy team with Blake Tashir and my cousin Jaron. They didn't even realize they were in the back seat. So they're like, is anything else in the vehicle? We're like, yeah, there, there's two more guys you in there. You literally forgot about the other two guys. Yeah, and when that shit broke loose, I mean, <laughs> guns were back being pulled. They're like, they just, they're yelling at them. They're like, get out of the car, get out of the car. And at the time, we didn't know Blake Tashir real good. This was like one, second or third rodeo with him. And he, he's from California and stuff, so we're like, we don't, I mean, he might have something with him. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know him super well. So we, they get them out of the car, same thing. And Blake, he's, he's a big old fella and stuff. And he's like, shoot, I've been getting flex tested in the backseat of this car forever. I can't get down on my knees and stuff. So He's stiff. For being yeah, he's stiff. Car. Yeah. So he, uh, they get him handcuffed and stuff. And we're like, what is happening? And then. They were like, well, this cop behind you, he's been following you for the last 20 miles with a siren on, which I didn't see a siren. He never, dude, he was never next. So yeah. We got Allegedly, he wasn't there. I promise you he wasn't there. He <laughs> yeah. wasn't there strictly due to the fact that I would have seen him. I Because I'm like, when we leave, I tend to, like, I'm, I mean, we're, we're going to be going fast enough. I'm, you know, yeah. NASCAR racers don't drive with one hand, so. I mean, we, you've got time to make up. And, yeah. and, and like, we're just crunching these numbers here. Like, if he's followed you for 20 miles yeah. and you're making up time, well, roughly you need to make up about 60 miles yeah. in six hours. Yeah. So you're probably, you know, every time you can hit 100, yeah. you know, you're, you're doing 10 to 15 over at yeah. all times, right? Yeah. Like, so if the speed limit is 75, you're probably, which means you're, you're maneuvering at this point. Yeah. You know, you're, we're you're, going you're, fast. You're, you're whipping in and out of traffic. But we were, so then he tells us all this and then he, he they come up to me, well, they're, they're mad. And I mean, there's some officers there with their, one's got khaki shorts on. He said he was fishing and they got this call that there's a white, uh, Subaru <laughs> cruising down the highway. Yeah, and uh, it's a rental car, so it had it had Florida plates on it. Okay, and so he's like Florida, so he, yeah. thinking it's a uh, yeah, it's well, the drugs been bad going up and down there. So there, so this guy he comes and gropes me down, and he's like, <laughs> "Man, do you got any? You got any knives?" And I said, "I got a knife." I said, "But my hands are handcuffed." I said, "You're gonna have to reach there and get it." He said, what about your wallet? And I said, man, these are starch jeans. Like, you're going to have to. Yeah, you're going to you're have to, to jimmy this out. You know what I mean? <laughs> so be careful what you're doing. <laughs> so he reaches in there and gets all my stuff out. And he goes, man, we're, we're going to take you to jail. And so, like, to do the math for you, we went from Cody, Wyoming, to we are three hours away 
Yeah. From Mandan. And we're gonna we're gonna make it to the rodeo 30 minutes on time. 30 like, minutes, like, like 30 like minutes. We're gonna be there. We're gonna be there. No, actually 10 minutes before. Yeah, we've made 10 up minutes before this the much time. So we're in the first three hours. Yeah. You're you're on time in the first three hours. He was, yeah. It was some driving, right? Fastest. Dude, I'm telling you, we're booking yeah. it. Like, we're going to make it. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, everybody starts sleeping. Like, we're good. Like, we're going to make this radio no big deal. Don't worry about it. Everyone's napping. Yeah. And they got bulldoggers that they, I mean, they got bulldoggers right for us. So I'm like, dude, we're going to get there. I mean, it's going to be easy. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Well, then the cops, like, we're going to send you to jail. Well, I start panicking because I'm like, man, I'm, I don't want to jail. You know, Fourth of July. Yeah. I got, some I, got a, I got a rope with, you know what yeah. I mean? So I tell them, I said, well, can these guys get back on the road? I said, if you guys want to lock me up, at least let these guys go. I said, Carson can get a calf rope or somebody. Yeah. Well, then, uh, what was his name? I think it was Jace Melvin drove by in his semi and he called my phone and they had it laid out right there. And they, I said, answer that. So they answer it, and they say, hey, we can give these guys a ride if they need a ride. Like, if you're going to jail, I mean, yeah. we'll give these guys a ride. So I'm like, all right, sounds good. And I said, yeah, you know, probably give them a ride. And I said, so when I panic, I start, I say my first thing to think of is my mom. And so I'm like, hey, can I call my mom, you know, yeah. to get her out of the, get out, yeah, you know, when you go to the principal's office, you're like, I want to talk to my mom, like get her to get me out of trouble. So they're like, well, you know what? We need to run some stuff. Well, the cop he start he starts like getting in my face about what I was doing, and I'm like, "You were not following me for 20 miles." I said, first off, we were never speeding," and you, so you said that. Yeah, I said we were never speeding. Okay. I said, now we might have. I said we might have been going. We might have been going 10 miles over. I said, but we weren't allegedly. We were speed. Yeah, allegedly, I wasn't speeding. I said, but I'm not. I'm not doing nothing wrong for what you guys have seen. Yeah, and they're like, "Man, we actually got called in for reckless driving," and I said, "Absolutely." I said, I agree with that. I said, but you didn't catch me. I said, was I reckless driving something? So we go through this deal. Well, they take the handcuffs off and say, get back in your car. And I'm like, all right. So we get in the car. Officers run my deal. Uh, bring it back. And every officer that was there shook our hands, said, we love that you're rodeo cowboys. There's another cop. There's more cops up ahead that we're going to set out a roadblock. <laughs> You guys, speeding's not worth speed. You know, I know you guys got to make this radio. They thought we were drug dealers from yeah. Florida. Yeah, and it was like a high, high, a high speed, speed car. chase. Yeah, car so chase. they were going to roll out the to pop tires. So they're like, when you, you guys were within miles of getting your tires popped. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. and yeah. shot. I mean, and I honestly got that I was going to get shot. They told they told us at the end that we were. They said we planned on shooting shooting one of you, <laughs> and. uh we're like, well, I appreciate you not shooting us. Like, hey, we love rodeo cowboys. We love rodeo. Don't, don't do nothing stupid. But we understand, dude. I'm not kidding you. They give me a ticket. I look at the ticket. It's seventy five bucks. Ticket. Give me my deal back. We shake all their hands, dude. I said, so what happened? They said we've called off all of it, dude. I get back on the road. We're speeding. Drive by. Yeah. All the cops are. We're going. No one ever needs to know. Cruise right by, wave at them. They wave back. Dude, we cruise all the way there. We get there. We're the first team out, and we got 30 minutes to spare. Yeah, we still after. And we got pulled over and thrown on the ground and everything. We we started, we had we had time to boot up, warm up, and sit and see what's here. We <clears> yeah. yeah. Got to see the job. Like, just, this is just pretty normal rodeo. Got to yeah. show up. Once we got, like, yeah, once. So now we're back in the car, and so now we're back behind schedule. But they called off all the cops and everything, and. Blake, I remember when they had him in the car and they're questioning him, like, what are you guys doing? Blake's over there talking to the cops. He's like, he's explaining about rodeo. We don't get to pick when you're up. They draw us, so that's how we're doing this. And 
He he's wanting them to call Procom and be like, "This is what." Yeah, this, this is, is ridiculous. Way. So you do this to these <laughs> yeah, guys, exactly. And he's right. like, "This is how we feed our families, and this is this is how we make a living and stuff." And they're like, "Oh, that's horrible. That's horrible." Okay, well, you guys sit in the car and stuff. And <laughs> so we're in the car, and then here he comes, and all the cops. And then they were super cool about it and everything. And no, but it was it was wild. Yeah, man. it was definitely an adrenaline rush. Okay, so at what point? Are you like, oh shit, this guy's pointing a gun at me? Because I think that's the thing is you like yeah. get, you get pulled over and like you obviously know and it's going on when they're they're pretty much blocking you into the to the side of the road. You know, like hey man, right. this is this is a little more serious than I think. You know, but yeah. when they pull a gun out, what goes through your head? Oh my, so many things. Like, hey, I was looking down the barrel and I'm like, this guy's gonna shoot me in the leg or something. And this is gonna hurt so bad. Yeah. So I put my hands up. Hurt so bad. He says, <laughs> so I'm, I'm "This yelling. is gonna be a bitch." <laughs> yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, do not. I'm yelling, like, "Don't shoot! Don't shoot!" They shut down the whole interstate. I mean, I mean, for the shootout, basically. Yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just like, I'm gonna get shot. I'm. I never thought I'd get shot, but I'm about to get shot. Real deal, right here. But no, I never wanna. Have a gun pointed at me again. It was, it was wild. Yeah, I had to change your pants and stuff. I mean, it was. Well, I mean, <laughs> it was bad. doesn't the adrenaline at that point just start going? Like, are you like you guys like? Is it going to the point where you like can't like? I, I I'm going to be shaking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the adrenaline's going so fast. Like I'm going to have a hard time like getting. It wasn't. It wasn't too bad. Like what scared me the most is when they started yelling because there's six of them yelling and they can't hear us what we're saying back. Six guys yelling with guns. Yeah. yeah. And, and Carson's talking to him and I'm thinking Carson just threw himself out like a, like a, like a dummy doll dude, just like threw his arms out and was <laughs> like, just like, I opened the door me. and I like, want out of here. I'm yeah, like, man. I'm not running, but I want to let you know that we're good guys. Like, <laughs> we're not trying to, we're do not your wrong. average drug dealer. Yeah. Like we got Wrangler and stuff uh-huh. on, you know what I mean? We're just like, you're submitting. Yeah, we, yeah. we probably stood out from the normal drug dealers. What I, think right right man okay and then you get to the rodeo do you guys have time to calm down at that point or is it like dude no one knew no one knew yet and so we we t- we saw jake cooper and driggers and those were the first two people i told him like you're not gonna believe what just happened to me told him and uh <laughs> i didn't even know what to think i was just like man i'm just so glad we get to run this yeah. year like <laughs> i i don't care if we fall off in the mud like it's no big deal i'm I'm glad we didn't get arrested yeah. or shot. Yeah, they were. You guys do good at that one? No, I roped a leg. You roped a leg for third? <laughs> yeah. Gosh, dang it. It would have capitalized the whole story if we yeah. go over there, win third, you know, win four grand and be like, mm-hmm. no, yeah, stop there was a, There was like two or three teams that didn't try it. We were the only team that did try to go over there from Cody. But, yeah, I messed that up. Man, that one is wild right there. What's the best, like – breakdown story you guys have like as far as you know the the thing about it is you get you get out there traveling a lot and the rigs don't make it all the time you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and you get you get late and obviously this is that's probably an all-time one you know when you get pulled over and still get to make it because it i've I've never heard of that uh going from the you're three hours out and you got a gun pointed at you yeah probably not rolling that steer tonight like yeah i mean you're obviously you're willing to commit kellen you're like hey you guys just make it. You just yeah, take, I'll, I'll just take go. This ain't gonna work. I probably I, I like that because you know if it works, you probably be like, man, 
I went to jail for you guys. You're driving. Yeah, you can drive the rest of the four. Yeah, the, no, when I'm you get me in Monday, summertime. Yeah, you summertime. got this. Like every bad drive, I'm like, hey, you remember that time I went to jail? Yeah, you for got you. this. You yeah, got you this guys one. can drive this miles. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's let's go back to the to the actual competing and and rodeoing and and what that's like. You know, as things kind of get up and down, you know, there's there's big swings rodeoing, right? What about that, like? As as a team, do you think it helps where you guys are so close that you can kind of kind of help keep the team's morale, keep confidence high? Is that do you think that's something that really helps you guys? Yeah, I do. I feel like we have a great understanding of like how he ropes and how I rope, and like so we have an understanding of what could happen at all times, like what what could be going wrong for him to be if he was if he said, "Man, I've missed three steers in a row or lost my rope or something," you know, just little things where it's like, "Man, this is what I could do different." And uh, I feel like it helps us down the road, especially because, like, the only conversations that we have in the truck are only between me and him. Right. Like, those are conversations no one will ever hear or have an understanding or just the time that has been spent when we were even eight years old. So when when guys rope with other people that are not family, you know, just partners, you know, normal people normal partnerships, hey, they they weren't there when they were trying to learn to heal or learn to head or, you know, when their dad was mad at them because he wasn't getting there because your grades weren't good enough and you couldn't rope that day or you had to do chores instead of rope. And, you know, it's things like that that you get an understanding of how hard that he has worked, you know, and, and, and to have respect for it. You know what I'm saying? Like just having the respect of be, just because you haven't won a gold buckle or haven't made the national finals or because you haven't been um, – top 30 in the world it, i'm you can't i can't label carson you know i can't be like well i've seen him rope he ropes pretty good i just don't know i know i know how good he is and i know how hard he's tried at it so when i give him a chance I, we we have a realistic thing of if he wasn't good enough or if i wasn't good enough we go get different partners be like hey i don't think i can make the finals with you we need to go do something different but i feel like the the relationship we have makes it to where it goes I know you're working just as hard as me. And honestly, what helps is, is almost making the finals last year. And it's not like it's almost, you know, people say, dude, you got to be 16th, 17th. What I'm saying is, is we were 14th with two weeks left. Right. You know what I mean? And because of my mistakes, drop us down to 20th. But I, we both understand each other's point of views on our roping style the run we'd like to make, the horses I buy, the horses he buys. So when, you know, I mean, that's what makes our partnership even cooler is if Paul leaves you tries a heel horse, he don't have to, he's not going to ask Lovell, hey, what do you think? You know, what, Kobe Lovell, what do you think? Do you think this horse is a horse we can win the world on? Me and him, we look at it and go, hey, do you think this helps? Do you think this horse helps our team? Do you think this fits my style? I yeah. mean, this is, I mean, that's the kind of, that's kind of what I think's different. I guess from a partnership, normal partnership. And then I, I'd like you guys both. Um, obviously, Kellen, I'll have you go first on this one. But uh, there, there's times in our lives where we it goes wrong, right? Mm -hmm. And it just it's a hard moment. And like going from that 14th to 20th in the last couple of weeks, has that been one of the hardest moments in the in your roping career? Like as far as like it, it's so close, and then it's so disappointing at the end of it. Is that is that probably the hardest moment? Absolutely. I feel like, well, 
yeah, my roping career probably probably being on the outs. Um, I don't know how to say this without it sounding bad, but I've I've never not finished the job. I've you know if I've won the if I had a chance with Trey when I had a chance to win college finals I won the college finals when me and Carson had a chance to win college finals I won the college finals me and him had a chance in high school or the circuit finals my first year you know what I mean making the circuit finals and winning the circuit finals like I've never not finished yeah you're a winner right yeah and yeah. so when I when I finally when I when I failed last year I think it was great for me too because I it's not just easy anymore. You know, it's not because, like I said, you're, you're 18. The the reason I say high school, college, whatever, high school is an age group. College is an age group. Professional rodeo is from 18 to whenever you to however old you want to be. Yeah. And so you're not you're going against guys that have 20, 25 years on you going. I've been to these rodeos. I know where to stay. I know what steers they're going to bring. I could call this guy. He can give me a rundown. I can. I know the barrier. I know the. I know how the arena ropes. Everything, and so the big thing is, is I feel like it was extremely hard on me, and I think it backlash. I think it. I think it pulled me back a little bit because it it took a lot of the. Man, I thought I thought I was going to do it. Yeah, you know. So when I stepped back from that. Man, I, I can't tell you how excited I was to be home. Like, the best thing for me was I got to go home. And me and my dad have talked about it a lot. And the worst thing that could pop, and like, so it, it, that's my worst rodeo experience is not making the national finals at, at at 23 years old. And I didn't make the national finals. I went from 14th to 20th in two weeks. This sucks. I mean, uh, the worst thing that had happened to me is I went home with money in my bank account to my house with my family and I got to go back and rope tomorrow, you know? So I tried to, I really bothered me for three days for three days. I had a really hard time talking to anybody and kind of having an understanding of like what just happened. Yeah. But after them three days, we started shipping calves, you know what I'm saying? So it's not like I got time to go, Oh man, dude. So we're going to rope for three months, to get ready to go to the, you know, to get ready to go to Odessa. Now we were shipping calves. So I was shipping calves in the snow and in the cold. And it's like, guess we'll try at Odessa. Right. So what's your biggest takeaway from that though? As you know, like when you have something that goes not your way and you try to add that to a, like a block with your game, like a, a something that's really solid in your foundation and build that in a positive way. What's been the the thing that's helped you and it's ended up being positive out of that experience? Man, the most positive thing I took from last year is that uh, it's there. I can, I, I can take it. I can do it. Um, that I need to... Man, I I don't I've needed to I need to focus on my life a little bit. Like I didn't really notice it at the time when I was rodeoing because it was like I'm having such a good time. I mean, this is a blast. I mean, we're almost gonna make the national finals. I cannot wait to see what size jacket I got. I mean, so many thoughts go through your head when you're young and you're just like, dude, what is it gonna be, man? What's it gonna be like? And my life got off track. I started losing focus on uh calling calling home you know uh 
talking to my friends, giving getting people's input. And uh, so what I think I took most pause about this is I can't change. My personality can't change, and my outlook on life cannot change just because of rodeo. Because rodeo is such a gruesome sport. You know, Caleb Driggers wins the world this year, and a month later we're wondering who won Denver. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they don't. They, I mean, the they it don't it, rodeo don't care. They don't they don't write that like they do a they don't keep on track. You know what I'm saying? So I couldn't. What I had to take positive from that is I cannot let rodeo dictate who I am to my friends, to my horses, to my family, to my to my own personal health. I mean, I had to focus on. Hey, dude, just you you wrote for a living. So what do you want to do? I want to make money. I want to make money. I want to be able to pay my bills. If I want to go buy a head horse, I want to be able to have the money to have that because I've been winning in rodeo. If you're winning in rodeo, probably make the national finals. And it's just, if you can just kind of keep it to an understanding of why you did it when you were growing up. You know, I lost track of having fun there for a while. I was pretty upset about it. Yeah, it's it's hard because it's such, you know, you're, you're drawing everything out of yourself that you can and you're trying to create it and you're putting a lot of pressure on there. And then I think that understanding that is, is really important, right? Is you get the, I still need to be, a, I still want to be a good person. I still want to like have these relationships. I still want to keep growing and, and, and have all of that dynamic and not just be like real singular with you just, you're just heading steers, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's what can be missed is as you go and you travel, you meet a lot of people, you get a lot of really cool relationships and you get a lot of opportunities like, you know, going a hunter down the, allegedly yeah. going a hunter down yeah. the road to, to yeah. the next rodeo and uh, getting a gun pulled on yeah. you by a cop, you know? And yeah, then, those aren't stories you get to go because <laughs> you were, you're over there doing class in college. You know? Yeah, yeah. So Carson, what about you? You know, um, obviously being really close was that one of the the harder moments in in your your roping career? Um, yeah, yeah, it was hard. It was hard to set out for a goal to do and getting down to the last month, and you're like, man, this can really happen. My dream that I've wanted for can actually happen. All I got to do is finish the deal, and it not turn out the way you want it. And just some things didn't go different. Well, things you wanted to go different that didn't. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard to swallow. But you come back, and what I realized, Caleb Driggers, he's won the world, and then he's back to practicing just like he didn't. He's back to working at it. So when we got back, we got home, shipped some calves, took a little time off, and then we were back to roping, back to working at stuff. And so, yeah, it was... I think it was, I think it was a, might be a blessing in disguise because there it shows you can be, you can work hard at it and, but you gotta, you gotta finish the deal. You got to uh, rope good all year. What if, what if you would have done something different at Odessa to give you a better chance or Denver, something early, if you would have caught at Cody or Mandan, like I said, to see where you'd end up. So, it it's an eye opener to realize every steer matters. So you can't you can't take no days off. Everybody out there's working just as hard as you. So you got to work harder when you when it's cold at home and everything. It, it's worth getting up, getting up and going to rope or if you're a little sore, roping, roping the dummy. I mean, Vegas. I'm sure Vegas is worth it and. 
it was it was good for us to realize they're not they don't hand it out to anybody. If you're there, you deserve to be there. You you wrote better than sixteen other guys that year if you're if you're in Vegas. So I think it comes down to like for the eye opener was just it don't you don't they don't give it to you because they think you deserve it. You you gotta go out there and earn it. So that was our that was our goal this year, come here and rope every steer the way we want to. And uh you can't it's not really you can you can't really rope to make the finals, I don't think. You can just rope good all year. Yeah. And take care of every rodeo, try to do the best you can at that rodeo and then it all end up they'll tell you if you make it or not. I'm saying if it gets down to it and you need to win you need to win third or better at this rodeo, then you can kinda change your outlook at it. But when it's this early in the year, you can't back in there and be like, okay, well, I'm going to be four flat here because I want to set myself up to win this round. You got to just beat that steer that day. And they'll tell you how much you want at that rodeo, your time. So it's just beating the steer more than yourself and just day in and day out, rope steers, rope good, keep roping good, keep working at it. And then, the chips will fall where they where they will. I like that. And uh, the other thing you get to really define is after it's tough and it's been hard on you guys. If you're still getting back after it, you kind of know you're you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Like you're doing what you love. Mm-hmm. Because if it cannot go your way and you work that hard and put that much into it, but you still want to keep doing it, then you know, like, hey, I'm, I am doing what is in my heart to do. Right. And I think that. A lot of people miss that and don't even and don't even take that chance. Right. And, and I think that's probably the the one of the coolest things, right? Is you've guys got to experience that, and and then probably by not finishing the way you wanted, but still staying with it, shows you, hey, this is I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Yeah. No, no, we're we're all in again. We're going to rodeo all year, hard as we can to to get ourselves the best chance to make the finals this year, and and. That that's what we want is to give ourselves the best chance. We're, and it was good to have a little success to show, yeah, you you guys can do it. You just got to, just like I said, do our job every day. Right. Every day wake up, if it's Cody, Ellensburg, Casper, no matter where it's at, do your job that day on that steer and just keep moving forward. Keep going. It might not be going the way you want. It might be going perfect. You just got to keep going, doing your job, and it'll all it'll all work out. Right, well, guys. I appreciate it. It's been fun. You, you want to add anything? We got any more stories we want to tell? Mm-hmm. Man, not for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe no. maybe a different. We'll start a different podcast. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. No, rodeo's fun. Yeah, I like it. Well, thanks again. I really appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. Yeah,